The FGC Jump Squad, your premier Tekken podcast. FGC Job Squad Episode 5. My name is Kadizi, and I'm here with my co-host Pickle, aka Ian. Cool. And uh today we have a very special guest. His name's MYK. He's a competitive Tekken player, commentator, and a pillar of the Tekken community, and really appreciative that he agreed to come on. So what's up, MYK? How are you doing, man? Hey, no problem, man. Glad to be on and always down to play- talk about Tekken. So <laughs> that's good, dude. We have a lot to talk about today. So uh, basically something we like to do here, I guess, just when we get started is talk about origin stories and things like that. So uh, mm. I guess myself, uh, I, I started with Tekken 7. I got really hardcore in Tekken 7, but I don't know about a lot about the Tekken scene, you know, before Tech 2 or before, you know, before like the, you know, the documented YouTube age kind of thing. So we like to ask, like, you know, how did you get started with video games? How did you get started? Like, yeah, let's just start with the very beginning. How did you get introduced to this crazy Tekken world? And then I guess we'll work our way past that. The FGC origin story. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yeah, everybody's got them. Uh, but my, I was a high school skateboarding kid. And then, uh, like, my, my group of friends at the time, we just all saw the Daigo Perry video for Third Strike. And we were just like, fuck, we just want to, wait, we could cuss on this show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> okay, good, cool. <laughs> yeah, we're not uh, on ESPN yet, dude, don't worry. All right, cool. Because <laughs> uh, uh, we, we just saw the Daigo Third Strike parry video, and we are like, damn, that is tight. So we all tried to do that shit at home, and then we were like, none of us could get it, but we were all getting into Third Strike anyway. So we, so we went yeah. to the arcade, and it was a super arcade that we went to. And uh, they had a Tekken 5 Dark Resurrection machine there. And I didn't even know that that was a popular arcade for, like, a Tekken scene. Like, it was the it was the Tekken arcade at the time. And then I just happened to show up there one night with my high school friends. And then there was, like, a group of uh, Tekken players there. And that's kind of how I got into Tekken. That's why everyone everyone that plays uh, Tekken from that era, they always mention T5. That's, like, the, the one, right? The one that everyone, like falls in love with right from the like the arcade tekkens yeah i mean if we look at the the history of tekken releases right the major titles it was uh tekken 3 which was like a pretty big hit i didn't know about tekken 3 but like i played it on console stuff right that was one of the yeah. few games i had on playstation 1 and Same. then it was and then it was tag 1 tag 1 was hugely popular successful it was basically tekken 3 on crack right yeah. and then and then it's uh tekken 4 
and then that was the oddball, you know. It was the uh, that's the one they changed everything up, right? They they wanted to test out like movement, <laughs> yeah, before yeah. The pillars and, and ceiling bounces yeah. and all. This stuff. Yeah, yeah, they had Marvel movement. You can move before the round. Yeah, the, the backdash system was gone. Everything you liked and loved about Tekken was kind of changed in a way. Uh, one throws were gone to replace them with like wall pushes. Uh, oh, that's right. That's that's a Steve uh, wall push, right? It came from from those. T4. Yeah. Oh, okay. T four. He's the only one that still has that wall push now, out of sway. Yeah. It's pretty much oh, the same okay. idea. Yeah, pretty much the same idea. But and everybody only had like a two throw and a one plus two throw. So in a way, it's kind of like Tekken Seven right now with the throw system. If yeah. You kind of think about it. There's so no. It was real... just as easy to break throws back then, I guess. Like you uh, have too many options. Yeah, there wasn't too many options, but there was still, you know, assholes with uh, command throws like Jin yeah. with like complicated wires. It's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. those are true one throw breaks and, you know, stuff like that. Right. Uh, Huarong has them too. But yeah, Tekken 4 was the weird one. They had ceiling, slope Dude, I, floor. I've seen staircases and shit in that game, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you walk up staircases. Dude, if you, if you guys go, <laughs> you guys should honestly go back. Like, that's what happened to me. I'm a Tekken 5 DR baby. You guys are like, yeah. uh, a tag two or t7 babies right yeah. nowadays yeah, but, i had t5 on the psp but i was i was a kid you know i didn't know what i was doing right was exactly hits and stuff i didn't really know how to play the game but yeah i'm, I'm more of like a tag two player yeah that's how yeah. we all start man like that was me too like uh tekken i think two i had like a demo disc with only lay and michelle playable Ooh. <laughs> i think that was my first first tekken technically is that yeah. like those those Pizza Hut demos? Yeah, I think it was a Pizza Hut demo, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I do awesome. remember. <laughs> I mean, I was an arcade kid, you know. I was just like a 90s, early 2000 arcade kid anyway. So I remember, like, I grew up in Hawaii for from when I was 3 to 13. So oh, that's was, crazy. Like, I just moved to Hawaii. Like what? Month ago, yeah, it sucks, but Oahu. It's all right. Yeah, Oahu, Honolulu. It's not bad, but I miss I miss San Diego. But no, I feel you. It's paradise, but uh, it gets boring in paradise. That's what it feels like. Yeah, it's nice though. So yeah, it's cool. It's cool. But uh, yeah, I grew up in Hawaii, and then I remember there was like a bowling alley that had Marvel One, and then the console version wasn't the same. I was like, what the fuck? You can't pick two characters. What is this? This isn't the same game. Yeah, it's like they had to save resources because you couldn't have like four characters on the on the game in one match at the same time. So it's just like you get to pick a character and an assist. That was it or some shit. Yeah, it was weird. But uh, yeah, I definitely played those like X-Men versus Street Fighter. I, yeah, I played a lot of the, the versus games, I guess. And uh, you um, like K.I.? Like the, no, I never really played too much KI, like the arcades uh, that were that I went to when I was a kid. Definitely didn't have like KI yeah. stuff. So. I think that's one of the so, games that really got me hooked into like playing fighting games as a kid. It was just Killer Instinct, like the the combo system and the way they, they yell. You know, when you do like a seven. What console hit. was that on? Wasn't it on sixty four? Uh, Super Nintendo and sixty four was I think the the, the second. Um, it was like released. gold or some shit, right? Yeah. So I think they, it first came out on arcade, and then they released it on Super Nintendo. And then the next, uh, the next one they released it on, I'm sure arcade too, but they had a 64 version of it. Yeah, I think my friends had the 64 version. I think I played it like maybe once or twice, but not too much. Like you know, you you would see like the old school arcade games. Like, dude, I I played a bunch, man. Like Primal Rage in the arcades. Like, That's dude, the dinosaur one. Yeah, the dinosaur, yeah. dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude those were the days man 
<laughs> so, so, so I guess after Hawaii, your first arcade in uh, mainland was Super Arcade, huh? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess I went to AI and stuff too. There was Arcade Infinity. It was mostly like a music game place, and it had a bunch of 2D games. It didn't have, even have Tekken at all, any 3D games. So it was only for Street Fighter, and they had tournaments there for Street Fighter Four when that finally came out. And then uh, it had like Guilty Gear. I forget which version. Uh, yeah, and it had Third Strike there as well. Yeah, that was cool. like a two D arcade, two D music arcade, basically. Cool. So you got you got into Tekken Five. What was the scene like in SoCal at this time? This time was like crazy times. I felt like it was because uh, it was all offline, right? So it was all arcade. Your timing's gonna be perfect. Uh, the coolest part about T Five was they had American cabinets with arcade ports on it so you could use your own ps2 controllers so you could bring your own korean stick your own pad you could play arcade games on your ps2 pad you know is that not a thing anymore or was that that, gone after that after t5 yeah pretty much unless the because it was only for the american release for the arcade uh cabinet but the crazy part was super arcade didn't even have that official cabinet the dude installed the port thing himself, like the original <laughs> Super Arcade owner, the Chinese dude. Oh, okay. It was it was on those actual old school like Astro City cabs, you know, like those white ones. They'll sit yeah. down Japanese uh, cabinets. So he just made that shit himself, like like those man man cave uh, like yeah. Setup. You just build their own arcade. Dude, he literally <laughs> drilled out the like a little side on the left of the cabinet. <laughs> Just for the port to be there, and then you could just plug your controller in like that. That's amazing. Dedication, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. And then the scene was huge, man. Honestly, it felt bigger than it is now. Really? Like, even though even though it's like Wednesday night fights, we were getting offline, like maybe dude, we we're getting a lot, right? Like 60, 70. Like that's for a second sh- seven or who yeah. for Tekken okay. 7 at the end, right? But it wasn't always like that, right? Because at right. the beginning of Tekken 7, I think the first off season we had, I think we had the lowest entrance ever. And then oh, the lowest crazy. It was like 12 or 14. We didn't even break 15 that night. Okay, down in San Diego, I think like we did like like 30 plus people in a row for like a few weeks straight when T7 came out. And we have yeah, insane. Dude, it's yeah, it was crazy, man. Like 14 or 12. That that was wow. Oh, what happened? Was that like season one or something? That was that was release. Yeah, that was like we first season official season ended, and then we had I think it was like second week because the Wednesday night fights keep going, right? Like you can still show up into a tournament, even though you're not gonna get points for like a prize at the end of the season or whatnot. Uh, but yeah, like second, so week, T5 is way more. T5 was just way, way more at this point, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like right now, at the end of T7, right before the pandemic hit, it got Tekken 7 got huge offline, right? We were yeah, getting 50 plus, 60 plus yeah. at Wednesday night fights for an offline weekly. That's crazy, yeah. yeah. It's it's growing online too, it's pretty crazy. Like Tekken 7 is doing really well, but I guess, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But the scene offline in T5 felt just as big or maybe even bigger because you had like all of SET, you had Nathan Monster, Mark Man, Alex Man. Uh, dude, everybody was playing. Everybody was playing. Uh, how, like, how good did you think were back then? Like in your honest opinion? They were pretty good for the time being. And also, dude, it was also 
because like we had Arario, right? And he was a good gauge to like see how because because I gotta tell you guys the lore in uh Tekken six, right? Arario yeah. wasn't even playing like that. He stopped playing after T five, you know? Yeah. So he, after he won Evo, he kind of just focused on school and took care of life stuff, right? And All then right. So for the viewers who are not as like me, not as well versed, who's Arario? Can you describe who they are? Oh man, Arario is Arario is one of the OG American Jacks. There is a famous picture, and Arario used to come from ATL as well. So if you guys know what that means, damn, that's an that's an ATL character then. Yeah, and <laughs> there is like a historic picture. I, I haven't fi- I haven't seen it in a couple years now, but there's a picture of like baby Anakin and Arario both playing on a cabinet together. Damn, dude, dude it's ultimate lore picture. Yeah, it's actually wild, right? So it's like Anakin, Arario are like the two main Jack players in America. I think there was a couple yeah. others too that I might be forgetting about. Uh, I think maybe like JOP as well. But yeah, those were like the OG Jack mains of America, right? They they pretty much just uh, created the Jack style, the standing twos, the yeah. down back ones the you know the down forward twos at that crazy timing at that range with like that immaculate backdash though that is the the jack style you know so is that is that how anakin you know is that where he got like inspiration from was it from a i don't i don't know who started who right like i don't know if anakin started off with jack but because anakin was a baby at the time he was like a right. little youngster like if you, if you find guys, that picture man if you guys <laughs> can find that picture dude it's out there somewhere for sure yeah we'll, we'll find it yeah but arario he was a he was a he was the strongest player in socal at the time uh he won evo 2007 and that's when he stopped playing after that it was pretty much, uh, and then before that too, he was like a big time shit talker too, right? But then he was the type of dude where he could back it up. So that's why it was like, like, oh shit, if he's talking shit, he's probably gonna yeah, win. You don't want to talk shit back, right? And <laughs> yeah. Then, you're not gonna get fucked up by him. <laughs> but then you're also like, you know, the pride, the region battle, like it was hype, dude. They, yeah. uh, it's crazy because uh, that Evo, uh Arario and Spirogen had a legendary money match. A first to ten. Before what was this? This is 2007, I believe. Okay. Because 2006 is when I first started. And then I went there because my parents just happened to be in Vegas. And then I knew that Evo was happening in like a hotel or two nearby. So I just happened to go over, check out Evo. And then I ran into like Rip and Rick stuff, right? And then they were like, aren't you that kid from Super Arcade? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and it all started from there. And then, like, I didn't enter that year. I just went to go see, you know. And then 2007 is my first year I entered. And then uh, it was wild, man. It was wild. Because there was such a, a a rivalry. West Coast versus East Coast. NorCal versus SoCal. It was, like, a real thing. And it's all because of, like, how strong Arario was. And yeah. Arario and Bronson actually hated each other. So that's the actual SoCal NorCal beef, right? It was mostly really? them okay. too. Yeah. <laughs> they actually hated each other. And that's yeah. where Deba got born. I think it was at uh, Evo. Uh, I think it was at Evo West. They used to have Evo qualifiers back in the day. Uh, you know what's crazy about that tournament? There was Evo Northwest, East, South, right? All four. Yeah. Um, 
if you and then if you if you made like top eight or place like top 16 you would get seated for actual evo oh like the way we're doing it this year for the online kind of right like we're we have different regions different evils different regions and then at the end you go to an actual offline yeah, evo kind of yeah but this one's more like the offline uh, the online one's more like a, a qualifier and then everybody right. goes to that yeah offline thing at the end so it's a little bit different on that part but yeah, like this was just for seeding and you would get seeded better or whatever, or you didn't have to play the first pool. You would make it to the second pool or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Was, and so, Spiro was playing, uh, still playing his Eddie back then, yeah. right? That, that's, that's his character, right? Spiro was playing his Eddie. Yeah, Spiro was playing his Eddie. But like the Bronson Arario rivalry really happened at the Evil West. Uh, why, why, why did it happen? I don't, I don't even know. I didn't even know there was rivalry between those two. Yeah, they used to hate each other, man. Because Orario used to talk shit, and Bronson was a shit talker too. So you know they're just clashing heads all the time. <laughs> Bronson playing scumass, uh, uh, Ganryu. He and plays then... the cheapest characters in every game, right? That's like Dude, his, his thing, right? <laughs> Down four two was safe and launch crouchers. <laughs> Watch his matches. Watch his T five matches. Watch what that man does. All he does is walk around, down forward two and throws, and a couple of down forward threes here and there. And what's a throw for? To, to get you to duck or something? Or? Yeah. He's just, just a thrower, dude. He just throws a shit ton of tired of it. That's so good. Dude, so yeah, like, oh, man. So And that's where Jaha was at that tournament, too. If you guys want to know the lore for where Debug came from, it's from that tournament. When you say lore for debug, is that that like that debug? Like, yeah, debug. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Where it came from. <laughs> that's where it came from. Every I time Jahai, I just know he's like a big buff Asian dude that threw Bronson over a cliff or something. That's like exactly. all exactly, exactly. Like, is he? Is that is that Jaha it? Jaha was that a SoCal dude. Jaha was a SoCal dude too. So before he moved out of here, you know, I think he lives out in Midwest or somewhere now. Uh, but yeah, he was a SoCal dude too. So he's just cheering on the boy Orario, also from SoCal. Right. And it's just like, fuck you, Bronson. No, fuck you, Orario. <laughs> it's just like the whole back and <laughs> forth. And then and then whenever, the, you know, they were playing in tournament, and then uh, Orario would be hitting him with uh, debugs, right? Jaha in the crowd would just be like, debug. <laughs> 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 like, dude, that's where all the lore and all that shit comes from. Like, I hear a bunch of people, like, screaming at that stuff. You know, it's like, but they don't even know where it came from. Yeah, no idea. I mean, I, I me neither. Honestly, me, I was, I probably would have just chanted that shit too without fucking knowing. Yeah, it's just, a, just a little flex in that tournament. Orario ended up winning that Evo West. He got first. Bronson got second. But then, man, Bronson got me with some shit, dude. I did Sonic Fang and Ganryu's while standing two teleported through me, and he was like, <laughs> "I'll play." I was like, the "Fuck is this shit?" I was like, "What the?" yeah like and that was like my first like big major and then this is like my first year of playing right like my first year of competitive Tekken. and then like that was like my first major and i ended up getting fifth and i only Whoa. ended up it, I, yeah i only ended up losing to i only ended up losing to um filthy he was filthy rich he was my mentor and like my teacher basically and taught me everything uh, and then I lost to Bronson with that bullshit, right? But then I was the only oh, guy wow. 
that actually knocked Dorario into losers in that tournament. Holy <laughs> shit! Okay, so at this point, how long have you have you? This is sounds crazy to me as someone. Dude, this is like maybe six, eight months of me playing. Oh six, my god! Okay, he put him in losers, and he he made it back from losers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. Winter side, right? Yep. Okay. Oh. Shit. Okay. Hold up. So we got to pump the brakes. You, I feel like you just put a bunch of shit in our faces, but you were playing for six or eight months, and you got a top eight at Evo in a really popular Evo game. West. Evo West. Evo West. So Sorry. So it's not like still, a, a qualifier still. for true Evo. Yeah. Yeah, but you got, dude. How how did that feel? Was that like a vindication of all the hard work? How how much were you training at that time? Let's talk about that. What what did it take to get that result? Oh, dude, like, honestly, it was uh, having Filthy as a teacher because, you know, at the time, Tekken 5 Dark Resurrection wasn't on PlayStation 3. It was only on PSP. So uh, if you guys (laughs) wanted to play the game at home or practice it or anything, like, you had to play that shit on PSP. And PSP notoriously had the worst fucking d-pad in the world so yeah <laughs> like hell dude like, i didn't know how to backdash back then or anything you know? dude try doing an electric on that psp d-pad bro like that's <laughs> yeah, i only did uh like, oh my god just uppercuts i didn't know you could actually do an electric until i saw like the the computers doing it <laughs> <laughs> yeah right like, yeah no that's true so filthy rich at the time he was offering to do mods on psps right like as long as I went over to his pad and then he was just like, yeah, dude, just give me like five bucks. I'll, I'll, ma- I'll, I'll mod your pad. Right? Yeah. No, he just like opens it up and he like changes a oh, couple okay. things on it. Right. So it's actually playable. So it's just like, oh shit, that does fix the pad. It actually feels like an actual PS2 controller or some shit. Right. So oh, it's nice. like, you can actually do shit on it. Uh, so, and then after that, after he modded my pad that day, he was just like, Hey man, you want to play some games? And then, yeah, we we're both playing on psp <laughs> at his pad and then you know we ended up playing for like maybe two three hours and then he was like bro if you ever want to play again just let me know just hit me up right you could always come through right. and so i took him up on it and then be- before i knew it i was going over to his pad like on the weekends like every day or like maybe even one extra day during the week or something like three four days a week and, and then where, where, where did you meet him I, I don't know if you mentioned it where, where did you actually meet filthy uh just as Super Arcade and in the forums, Tekken's I Watson. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where everybody used to talk and chat, discuss the games, get yeah, into fights. I met that guy one time at, at WNF. Uh, I think it was probably the last mm-hmm. year before, you know, the, the pandemic. Oh, yeah, he showed up to one. Yeah, yeah he showed up and he he gave me some advice on how to play against Rip because I told him, like, I, I, I know what he's doing. I just can't stop him from, yeah. you know, doing what he's doing. He's a good one to ask I, for he, I was like, you just... His style pisses me off. <laughs> He's like, just let him, you know, let him do his shit. And like, he'll ma- eventually make a mistake. Just don't, you know, it's, it's kind of like a link player, right? You don't want to attack after they do it. They whiff something. Yeah, exactly. it's, like, it's like he's let setting him up hang himself a little bit. Yeah. And he's just like, like, yeah just, just, let him hang himself a little bit. Yeah. He, he says something along those lines. Just let, let him hang himself. Like, he, he does it all the time. And that was the first time I beat Rip. <laughs> Bro, I just took his advice and it, it worked out. I was like, what the hell? Did he just. <laughs> He's gonna wait. No, he's he, great. Yeah, he's give, great. Yeah. He gives great advice and he knows like exactly what to say. And like he, you know, that's what happened. I just went over his pad at like maybe 7, 8 p.m. And then we ended up playing till like 7, 8 a.m. Damn. Oh man. In his garage on the PSP. So was so, it Bluetooth? What is it? What how did this why, work? PSP? Like wireless. wireless 
connection. Like if you have two PSPs nearby, you could just play near each other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the PSP that's had awesome. his own thing for that, right? Mm-hmm. The PSP had his own thing for that. And that's how we used to practice. And then like I think we did that for like maybe two, three months. And then before I knew it, like I won my first local and then it was like the evil West. And then yeah, it was, and then it was like actual Evo. Man. How'd you do there? I actually beat a shit ton of East Coast. You know, it's actually oh, crazy. Yeah. That was a goal back then. I'm guessing you're talking about the whole rivalry thing. So beating an, an East Coast player. That's... Dude, it, that was the, <laughs> the main rivalry. Spiro yeah. Jane versus Arario. They had a first to 10 money match to start it off before the tournament even <laughs> happened. Before the tournament even yeah. happened, right? $300, I think, money match, first to 10. And dude, that's a shit ton back in the day, right? So yeah, thousand yeah. percent, yeah. So it's just like, dude, they played first to ten. It was mad close too, but then at the very end, Orario is like up like maybe a couple games, right? He had a little bit of a buffer, and he had like set point, and it's infinite stage. The dude backs up full screen and does jack slide, jack baseball slide, and takes it. <laughs> <laughs> I would have killed myself. Oh my god, bro! Four, four, three, plus four, right? We just yeah, at him yeah, dude. It's a whole round to Talking <laughs> did not stop, dude. I was on SRK too, but SRK and TZ—they're like the same vibe, you know. Every that's where you went to discuss tech, find combos. Uh, they had some good info there too. That's where you would find all the stuff. Uh, you know, everybody was like pretty active back in the day. And then, you know, it's forums, so everything gets archived. Like, people would start talking shit, you know. It was <laughs> it was the best. Honestly, That's the only thing I've heard about Tekken's like Boxer. Like, when people would bring it up now, it's like, it's, it's always as a joke, like, like all oh, the guys talking shit. Where Tekken's like Batsu? Like, no, honestly, I never knew. Where, I never knew what it was. You know, I've only heard that as a joke, so I never knew exactly what what exactly was meant for. You know. Yeah. J Ram used to say to me, he used yeah. to say like, if I dropped a combo, it'd be, oh, that's a Tekken's Batsu combo. Like you just got a punk ass <laughs> combo. <laughs> no, that's. You, I don't know where that comes from because like TZ <laughs> actually had good stuff. You know, like T because like. uh that could be said if you're just saying like Castell combo video combos, right? Because it's just like, yeah, like, oh shit, he added five dash jets in that combo, and there's exploration of space going on in the background. But <laughs> oh shit, five dash jets into mob punch, let's go. You know, it's just like that was the shit back in the day. That shit looks cool, like even right now. <laughs> but honestly, if you, if you if you went into the forum part, like there was good tech there. Like people actually, that's where you would find all the information about like the beta test. There would be some players in Japan like posting about like, oh, new location test. Here's some screenshots. Here's a blah, blah, blah. My experience with the game. Here's the new moves for these characters. Like that's where you would find all the tech back in the day. Like nowadays we're a little spoiled, right? With like Twitter, like being so readily available, YouTube, all that stuff. But then all the stuff like, you know, Tekken is so bad archiving that shit on Twitter. Honestly, we don't, we don't even use like the hashtags that the other games do. So if anybody wants to research that shit after it goes by their timeline it's gone you know it's like you know. yeah that, that's actually one of the things that i noticed uh when i was getting into tekken tag 2 is that i feel like a lot of people were getting information on the game through like these japanese websites that were not translated mm-hmm. like i remember sometimes it would be like announcements and stuff and it'd be oh. like on a japanese website yeah and i feel like now I mean, everything's easier on on twitter but yeah i've, I've never really like i didn't notice how easy it is now just to get any kind of like info like 
On top yeah. of the fact that everything that gets um, when someone discovers something like a release that wasn't supposed to be announced or anything like that, like it's out like instantly, and everyone knows about it. You know, like nothing's yep. really hidden anymore. Mm-hmm. And seconds count or Twitter rather, it's like you go there for anything, combos, and and not even I've seen punishment videos on Twitter that are yeah, actually pretty exactly. helpful. Like you just go on there two minutes. How do you you know get around this stupid clothing move? And it's right there. It's like mm-hmm. it's pretty useful now, but. But the only bad part about Twitter is that you have to like bookmark it yourself if you want to look at look at it later because yeah. it's just like there's no good way of like bookkeeping you know everything you know yeah. it's, just, it's that's the it's just, that's the bad part about Twitter but that was the great part about TZ like every time you wanted to find any information about like here's my BNB with these characters nowadays you just go to YouTube right like you go to like yeah. channels like Corey Jam he literally has like characters every character's bread and butters from like regular to easy like you know like what do you have to worry about anymore? when when this game came out um i started making they were really like really really bootlegged guys that were kind of just for me for when i would travel out of tournaments and i would have them as reference but i would go into uh practice mode and just check out like the, the all the moves for like chloe and how to block punish them and move around them and i, I just recorded all that and put it in a video on my channel and i would just I kind of just did it for myself. Yeah, but, you know, I, too. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever I would go out there, I'm like, okay, I, it's hard to remember all these things, you know, in an actual match. So I would just mm-hmm. pop up any video of characters that I struggle with, and I, I had all this, you know, like just information down for, for my matchup. Yeah. And I started doing it, but it helped Your me out. Your videos had hella comments, dude. Some guy asked you to make a Patreon, so you yeah. <laughs> actually got a lot of views. Like that shit was super good. Too, and I was like, this is just for me, but you know, <laughs> like I didn't really put any effort into like editing anything. I just. I put all the clips into one big video and that was it. Like, you know, if there's repeats or fuck ups, like whatever. It's just for me. So, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that, that's honestly good. Usually I've been just using a notepad and, you know, I get lazy on that too. But usually if I, if I, if I know I'm going to forget about it the next day, I'm just like, okay, at least write it down somewhere, you know, at yeah. least. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't even look at it. A lot of times it's just like doing. It's like the type of learner you are, the kinesthetic learner, I think it is. Like, mm-hmm. where it's not just visual. It's like you have to do it yourself. But it's like, for me, if I write something down in a notepad, it's like writing it down in my memory. You know, it's like, or yeah. like for some people writing it, making a video, you know, it's like a good reference point, too. You could always go back to. Yeah, I mean, it helped me out because sure. my, my style, like the way I like to play the game, it's I've always um like when I see like a key move from a character, I need to know how to get around that move. Like an easy example is just jackhammer. It's a safe move, hard to deal with. If you don't know how to yeah. step that, like good luck, right? Like it, it just mm-hmm. feels impossible to deal with that move. You're just but gonna do that all day. Yeah. Would, yeah, that's why I would lab in that sense. Like I just want to know how to move around the, you know, the characters because you can't just sidestep randomly and hope that something you know works. Yeah. You gotta know what you're sidestepping, and that's that's how I started learning the game. Just you're going to practice more labbing all those things, and I would just record them just so I can. If I, it's hard, it's easy to remember or forget everything, right? Like you go out to a tournament and there's all these different oh, yeah. players and all these dumb characters you don't see in your scene, and good luck remembering where you practice back at home. Like that's why I had those those videos up for myself. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's honestly a great idea. That's honestly how a do great you, idea. how do you lab? How do you lab multiple characters? Do you have like any advice? I guess so. Basically, just just to fill you in, this our our podcast is called FGC Job Squad. This is for kind of scrubs and scrub people who are trying to reform themselves of being a scrub. So a lot of our content is about is about improving and things like that. So what's your advice about people who need who are trying to learn multiple matchups and things like that? Uh you know, honestly, there's a couple people I try to help out all the time with Tekken, right? And it's just uh 
you got to put in the work. A lot of the times it's just like you could keep trying to do the same thing over and over and over again because I've seen it so many times, right? Like if you if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, like how can you expect a different result, right? Right. You, you got to try different things. You got to, if something's really giving you problems, like a certain sequence, a certain pattern or a certain, like everything can be broken down to a certain extent, right? Like sometimes you just have to hold it, right? But it's like, yeah. maybe you got to look at the scenario before that, that puts you there. Or right. like, yeah, so it's like, you kind of have to, like the way that Pickle was explaining it too, where, you know, I recorded all these scenarios, if that's the way that helps you remember it or re-remember it later, like just for reference, you know, and also you got to, you got to practice these scenarios, right? Like uh, I was yeah. helping out uh, a certain streamer slash player that I've been helping out lately. And he was having trouble with like Leroy doing this Leroy player doing down forward one, one into down one, two or down forward one, one into Perry. Right. And that's all yeah. he was doing. Right. And I was just like, and then he kept swinging after it. He kept swinging yeah. after down forward one, one. And I'm like, why do you keep swinging with down forward one after his down forward one, one he's only minus one and he's doing down jabber Perry after it every time, every time. Yeah. You, you know, it's honestly, you, you just have to recognize what you're doing wrong. And sometimes it's not that easy, right? A lot of times I feel as though it's that scene from dragon ball, right? Dragon ball Z. I always bring this up. When I when I talk about this, because it's just like it's just so relatable. It's like when Piccolo's first training Gohan and Z, and then mm -hmm. he's just like, "Oh my God, they're moving too fast! I can't see what's going on." And Piccolo's just like, "Hold on, little young buck. It's just like, just slow down, just pay attention, see what's hitting you, see what's <laughs> going on in the fight." And, and then Gohan's finally able to start seeing the fight. Right? It's just yeah, he, he the best. A lot, a lot of players aren't self-aware with like what they're doing wrong and they don't have the eyes yet. They don't have the eyes on what they're doing. Wrong. And sometimes like, that's why you play against rip or somebody on Monday night tech in. And then he's going to point out a couple things you did wrong. And then like, sometimes when Stukin is streaming, you go play against him or play against whoever. Right. And then they're going to point out things that you do wrong. And then it's up to you to fix those things. Yeah. And, and it helps having someone, um, you know, like watch over you. Like that's not something that For many sure. people, many players have, right? Not many people have someone that can just let mm -hmm. them know, like, hey, dude, like I don't know if you notice this, but there's a really bad habit that every every time you get hit with this, you always retaliate or you always, you know, push a button after like two right. back dashes or something. I noticed some people they cannot block for more than a second and a half. Like if I had a timer, I could click <laughs> it, it right here, here, up here. And then they're, they're, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like they, they just have this, like this, this pattern where like, I don't know what you're going to do, but I know you're going to do something. So I'll just play defense and you'll eventually like give me an opening. Right. And, mm -hmm. but I, I've noticed that too. Like some people just, they're just not aware of that. And I don't, I don't know uh, why that is. I feel like when I lose matches, I'm always thinking like, what the hell, like what went wrong? Right. Like, I don't just say, okay, that's over. That's, you know, it's in the past. You know what it is? I, I think over the years I, I've realized it and some people, it's just the mindset. It's just like how they came up. This is yeah. discipline. You know, it's like some people just lack the discipline <laughs> because it's just like the, some of the wavelengths and mindsets I've heard is like, you know what? I'll get them next time. I just had to do that shit faster. I just didn't yeah. do it fast enough. And it's or just when like you, when you hear the excuses uh, of like, 
like, oh no, like I, he shouldn't have been, I, I fucked up and I should have done this and that. But it's like, dude, you, you don't realize that you're, you're making a bunch of mistakes where you're trying to blame it. Like, like you're yeah. not giving him credit. You're, you're saying like he, you're better than him. You were yeah, just, I you know, a bad day for you. Like, that's I think honestly, if you're trying to become a fighting game player or better at anything, honestly, yeah. is just get rid of that toxic mindset already. You know, yeah. just like, oh, Be somebody humble. else's fault, everybody else's mm-hmm. fault. It's like, dude, you lost. You yeah. lost. It's a 1v1 yeah. game. It's 1v1 game. Lag or not, sure, whatever. You know, especially in online tournaments, like, yeah, yeah. you could blame the lag, sure, but you know what you signed up for. But it's just yeah. like, it's also too it's just like you're playing sometimes you're playing opponents coast to coast you're it's bound to happen come on guys. yeah, it's like, yeah i signed up to evil online and i was like okay no matter what happens it's evil online you know yeah. like i and didn't you get like mad close too yeah i got pretty close and it's funny because towards the end of that tournament i started streaming for the sd guys and mm-hmm. i it was just like a random stream so i was using the wrong um obs and so there was like delay on my game on top of the fact that oh. it was and i was playing through like that like i went to armor crew and i was like damn armor crew feels a lot laggier this time you know than last <laughs> week when i played them but i managed to just pull through i don't know how it felt so bad but then i fought an armor king player and i i got hit with like every throw and i'm like is like a button you know fucked up or something like <laughs> like what's going on like i'm not breaking any throws like it's t7 throws you know like just anything was hitting me i was like what the fuck's going on and and I lost, and I was like, "Damn, okay, whatever." Like, I had I had a smile on my face. Like, I actually enjoyed Evo Online. I don't know why, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> and I was like two matches away. I had to play um, Anakin after that Armor King player. Had I won, and mm-hmm. then that was for loser side top eight. I'm like, "What the fuck?" And it's funny because that tournament, uh, I got put in losers for going to the bathroom after my match, and I came back and I got DQ'd. <laughs> wow! So that, that, that's how I went out uh, in losers at the beginning of that tournament. But you know, again, <laughs> I signed up for that. I was like, "Whatever, dude." Even even when that happened, I was like. You know, I can't get pissed off. Like, it's not their fault that they're running things on time. Like, I thought they're gonna take forever for for my second match. So, like, <laughs> I just took my sweet ass time in the bathroom. And it's like, holy shit, they're actually on time. Like, what the fuck was I oh. thinking? You know? <laughs> I but think, yeah, dude. Yeah, signed up for that. It is what it is. Mentality is the best, and it's just like, dude, there's gonna be another tournament. There's gonna be another chance to prove yourself. Just keep doing what you're doing. As long as you're playing good ass Tekken, you'll be fine. Yeah honestly like dude i've noticed so many people are getting like really good from just mm-hmm. playing online tournaments like some of the players like like i remember um action major when i first played him online um maybe like a year or two ago like i would rough him up online and then I, i've been seeing him like play every week uh, you know ever since like the pandemic and everything i see him playing every tournament mm-hmm. and then i bump into him online like uh, a couple months back I was like, holy fuck, this dude's hella good. Like, I can't, I, I can barely get a game on him now, you know? And I, and I told him, too, I was like, dude, you got so damn good. And and he's always, like, um, messaged me on, on Steam after we play and, and just, you know, like, he's always like, oh, you're, you're so annoying with Steve and all this stuff. And and I think one time, remember when he went to the uh, the electric uh, conch and um, W, what is it, the WNF, the, the esports arena? We, I think he beat Jimmy J. Tran in that tournament. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, he... He was um in, in my bracket, but I couldn't make it because of some school shit. But he told me he's like, dude, thank God he didn't show because I, I don't want to play against your Steve. But I was like, man, like <laughs> compared to like that that guy to now, like he is just a beast, dude. Like I, I don't know what happened, but he leveled up like crazy. Like I, I always see him just do hella good online, and it's even even though it's online, like it's still enough to improve. You know, everyone's dealing oh, with it, definitely. so yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, that, I mean, we're seeing it right now in this uh, online era, and I've been saying it, right? This is uh, something that happens 
but then this usually happens in between titles, but we're having it happen like during the title because the pandemic happened. So yeah, right. Crazy. But usually in between titles, people are like, Oh yeah, I won't play Tekken, I'll just play something else and then I'll take a break and then I'll focus on when the new game comes out, right? And a lot of times I've seen a shit ton of people improve in between the break because they kept playing, mm-hmm. you know. It's just like honestly the grind always pays off i mean even my my whole story with like filthy rich right i was only playing with him in his garage for like three months before i won my first local yeah and then it was with dudes that were winning tournaments like i i beat every good player at that tournament to win That's you so know cool. it's like i i had to fight rip i had to fight eris i had to fight kane kane oh. and and then I had to fight Filthy, my teacher, in grand finals. You know, it was just... And Filthy and Kane were top eight placers at EVO at the time. So it was just like... T6 came with Lily, right? Yeah, T6 came with Lily, but fucking Kane and Filthy were fucking dirty-ass Mishima players at the time. <laughs> Playing number one and two, Kane with the Devil Jin, and fucking Filthy with the with the Heiachi. Okay, and- so let's, let's get to T6 then, so... So T6 comes out, right? Or we're already on T6 with mm. uh with uh your victories. Were those T5 DR? Uh yeah, T5 DR, like Evo 2007, yeah, East Coast, West Coast rivalry. Rario ends up winning it uh in in the actual tournament as well, taking it over Spiro. They had the same set in grand finals, and then God. yeah, that was that was the end of Rario. And then after that, like he kind of stopped playing. And then it was like Kane and myself in Tekken Six for like the first half. But what was, uh, was SoCal like in the T Six days? Is was it any different from the T Five days? Were you guys playing on consoles at this point? Like, what was different about T Six days? Most memorable things? Uh, all arcades, still, still all arcades. That was the beauty. Wow. Of it. Yeah. Okay, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, that that was the beauty of it. You know, the arcade Tekken Six was hard to get. Um, because the cabinet they had like the noir cabinet that Namco created, and that shit was like 17k or like 20k plus for some fucking reason. So, like the arcade owners in America didn't want to drop a fucking car worth on a fucking arcade cabinet that they weren't sure they're gonna make their money back you need on. Several, right? You don't you don't want just one. Uh, but the luck luckily they had a one player and two player single cabinet uh model as oh, well. Okay. So yeah, you could just buy the that ones, and that's usually what happened. That's but shit, Lord, really? twenty thousand for a an arcade yeah. cabinet? <laughs> hell, bro! What the hell? That is a car. Fuck that! I would never buy that either. Yeah, and they're trying to make that shit back at like a quarter fifty cents, a dollar a game. You're like, bro, oh, yeah. it doesn't work. That yeah. makes sense why that, that model. Yeah, dying. that's the one thing I can't imagine about the arcades is like I would have never I, been I able think, to afford. I think to that's play. the problem with the arcades, man. Like the the machines started getting too crazy, uh, and then like yeah, once once they started costing that much, it's just like how are they supposed to keep up? How are I they supposed to keep like up? Like Korea, they were paying like a dollar per game for uh yeah. for T seven. Yeah, that's probably. so insane to me. That's so I, insane to me. Have you, you seen know, those like those players that have like? in the arcades to have like you know 13,000 wins with like Paul I'm like how much money did they dump into the arcade like is that is bro. that the are those the players that are, that are keeping the arcade alive <laughs> bro yeah. right yeah think about it yeah think about it it's crazy it's great and honestly in 
Tekken Six days, SoCal was spoiled as fuck. Why was it spoiled? Uh, uh, because like rest of the world, rest of the NA, I think New York had a cab. NorCal had maybe one or two cabs too. But SoCal, the the fucking reason why we were spoiled is we had two cabs, and they were both for a quarter. <laughs> what? That's amazing. I would love to come down if that was the case. A quarter, and the game was new at that point, right? Yeah, it was a quarter. Holy shit, that's amazing. That's that shit was the you know what it was? It was because Super Arcade was right next next to a community college named uh Mount San Antonio College, right? So it's like you had a and then and Mount San Antonio College is right next to Cal Poly, right? So you had two colleges right next to this arcade. So you got a lot of like foot traffic from the college kids coming over, and then a lot of regulars coming through Super Arcade. But then the crazy part was there was this guy that owned a video store just down the street from Super Arcade. And he w- he got a cabinet as well in his video store. And it was a smoke shop as well, Video 94. And he made he put the ca- he put the game on for a quarter. He was like, fuck oh Super God. Arcade, come to my place, <laughs> play, play the shit at my store. I'll put that shit for a quarter. And okay, then was since- that the was, was that the place that got uh, like raided by the cops. Yep, I've heard the story. <laughs> yep, that's Were you the same there place. The time or no? I was. The I was. Can we hear your version? We need to hear the MYK version. Uh, sure. I wasn't like a super crazy stoner at the time, <laughs> so yeah, I was clean. Uh, we were all there playing, you know, just Tekken Six at the time, and then the cops rolled through, like in SWAT gear and like guns out and everything, right? So the cops actually got busted for this later on because I ended up working at this video store. <laughs> I got a job there one day because the boss asked me if I wanted a job when I was asking for change to play Bartekin. <laughs> oh, man, that was the funniest one ever. Was he like, you want a job? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? He's like, oh, my God, huh? Uh, you want a job, huh? That was honestly how it happened. That shit was so funny. Uh, but yeah the cops rolled through with like SWAT gear on and they had their like their freaking pistols out and shit and then the they actually got in trouble because the the there was like a mom and her daughter there and then they had the gun pointed at them too and then she was just like what the she was just like what the fuck she complained to the city so they can't do any more raids there and she's like it was wild it was wild right and we're and we're just a couple of fucking tekken freaking nerds over here playing it over in the corner and then he also had a street fighter cab too so the but then it was mostly us tekken guys that day uh there was like maybe 15 of us maybe 10 15 of us (laughs) on one cab just waiting for your turn yeah just waiting for our turn and then they didn't let any of us leave right they they freaking made us sit all along the walls in the freaking arcade section of the video store. And then they had a video camera out. They asked all for our IDs. And then they were just like, dude, we need to check your cars or some shit, right? Because there was, I think, uh, strippers and beer and Char and Eris, right? Outside. (laughs) And then they were just like, I think they, they checked strippers and beers car and they found like a gram of weed. And that's about it. And then they did all that, and then he got like a $30, $50 ticket for it. And I was just like, what the? F- what the? Yeah, f- yeah that's leaving something. You know, they were just looking for anything. Yeah. yeah, dude, they literally couldn't find anything. So, yeah, they had to like start searching people's cars. And I was just like, wow, dude, these guys are okay, fucking I mean, assholes. Well, yeah, I, I, wish I, was, I, 
I, I can't I imagine that happening that in today's scene, or maybe I can, or but that's just something I'd never imagine happening. That's, that's yeah, cool. yeah, I mean that, that's kind of how I got into freaking fighting games, right? Like before the third strike thing, it was, I was a skateboarder, and then I actually like sprained my ankles, and that's why I went to the arcade with my friends because I used to just skate with my other skating friends at the time. But then, hey, yeah. Who's your favorite skater and how'd you get into skating? I want to ask you about that. I don't remember how I got into skating. I think it was just like a cool thing, fun thing to do at the time. I, I quit on, on the first kickflip that sprained my ankle. And that, that was <laughs> like, I went from, from doing uh, ollies on the grass. And I was like, all right, I can do, I can do some, you know, some tricks on concrete. And then I went for a kickflip and I was like, no, this is, that's it. I'm, I'm just going to stay home and eat and play video games. Fuck this. <laughs> Dude, that's what happened, man. Like I sprained my right ankle and then it healed. And then I sprained my left ankle and then that shit healed. And then I sprained my right ankle again after that shit healed. And I'm like, all right, maybe I'll take a little bit of a break. And that's when I, that's when I started getting into like third strike and shit. Yeah. I thought, do you have a favorite skater or any, uh, favorite skaters? I had a bunch, man, but like, I, I think like some of my favorites were like definitely like Mark Appleyard. Uh, I met all of my favorites too. <laughs> so, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. How'd you be your favorite skaters? What were you doing? You're just hanging out at skate parks in SoCal? Uh, some of those, and sometimes it was like uh, skate skate shop signings and shit, and skate shop demos and stuff. So uh, like Mark Appleyard, I met I think like two three times, but yeah, his his style is just too fucking steezy, dude. Like he's just too fucking clean. He he makes everything look like it's no effort. And uh, a couple other ones too. Like I got I got to meet a bunch of them. Like uh, Paul Rodriguez, the skater. Like that's his right. like. Yeah, P Rod. Yeah, his father's the comedians. The son is the skater, and his son's fucking good. He's so clean too. That's yeah. awesome. Met him, uh, PJ Lad. I got to meet him at a skate park, like with just me and my friends all by ourselves, and we were just like, "What the fuck is that, PJ Lad? Oh fuck, mm-hmm. that is PJ Lad." Yeah, I, I got yeah, into skating because of Tony Hawk, the games. You know, that's that's why yeah. I got into it. And I just thought it was yeah. Easy. Those two, yeah, <laughs> those two definitely had an influence on it for sure. Yeah, and one of my favorite ones was Rodney Mullen. Like, I was doing shit that just didn't make any sense, dude. And Oh, yeah, all like, the freestyle stuff. Yeah, yeah he, was, like he, he was the master of it, for yeah, sure. Yeah, he was on some shit, and I just thought, that you know, like, oh, I must be, like, it doesn't look too complicated to do a kickflip when you see this guy just spinning all over the place, but no, He's dude. doing, like, <laughs> a dribble kickflip into, like, a one-sided primo into, like, a, and then he does, like, a 360 with his body into another, <laughs> I'm like, what is he, into what, what? Yeah. He's fucking writing the board on his hands, dude. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then he's, just, like, he would flip it. He's doing a handstand. He would flip it like a, like a kickflip with his hands and then land on his feet. Fucked up shit that happened. Cops chasing you or anything like that. And we'll move on. Oh, yeah. For what's, sure. what's, what's the biggest thing that sticks <laughs> on your head is like, goddamn, that's cops chasing or, or whatever. Yeah. Just either. Yeah, whatever. I guess like the craziest one, we were all at uh, Chino Skate Park and then uh, they have like these big, like maybe 10, 12 foot fences, right? But then uh, the cops rolled through from the front entrance, and then they were trying to bust anybody that didn't have safety gear. And we ain't no bitch. We ain't going to wear no fucking safety gear, right? You're like, we fucking get hurt, we get hurt, whatever, right? Not a big deal. Uh, but then the cops rolled through from the front, and they were like, oh, fuck. So we all, like, jumped on the biggest ledge in the back, and then we hopped out the fence, right? We fucking ran through the park, which is, like, a huge-ass park. Uh, we ran all the way to the back, and then they had cops waiting for us there too. Like, Holy shit! <laughs> they had it. all the exits blocked, bro. That shit was crazy. And was then they had—they honestly had like maybe thirty to forty dudes lined up on the curb, 
and they gave all of us tickets for not having like safety gear on. And then we all had to show up to court, and we were just like all there with our parents on the court day. We were just like, "Hey, hey, hey. That, show was, that show was pretty funny, man. That's pretty man. good. That's hilarious. That's always fun when you're young. Like a fucking stupid thirty dollar ticket too. I'm like, yeah. bro, are you serious? You're really gonna waste all our times with this? I think I think they waste more, you know, way more money just you know having you guys even show yeah. up and do all that shit. Dude, well, that shit was do. so yeah. extra, yeah. Dude, in college, like the best part was if. Cops busted a party running away was the mini game at the end of the night. If it happened, <laughs> so Dude, they were good. We yeah. usually always got away, but they got us good that time. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, so T six days, uh, SoCal was spoiled. You guys were only paying a quarter. Is that how you guys yep. got so good? Like, yeah, you guys were just paying a quarter. And what was the what was the win limit? Could you only win three in the? It was none. What? So you could be on for a hundred wins in a row on a yeah. You got good, or what? you keep fucking paying money. You got That's good. Insane. You got good, or you kept having to pay money. First off, secondly, you have to wait a thirty to a hour wait for the rotation because there's only one yeah. cap. That's insane. So, so if you, that's why you got good. We're Dude. so spoiled. Everyone's complaining about online, blah, blah, blah. It's like, bro, you can just jump on and play whenever. Like, so when I listen to No Frills podcast, mm-hmm. when uh, their Street, for- Street Fighter 4 cabinets came out, like Henry Sen found out that they could put a win limit on it, and they put it to only like oh, yeah. very little, and then like a dollar per match. So like That shit didn't amazing. exist in SoCal, bro. Like that shit that's did amazing. not exist. Dude, that was the craziest part. So... That's where, like, we got. That's why we got good. And honestly, since we lost that, I think we haven't been the same ever since. Honestly, yeah. but because it's it's like we're 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 trying to keep it alive, but with the online, and that's like the only way to train. But it's not the same as offline, and the the proof is in the pudding everywhere. Like yeah. uh, even at the highest level, like Korea's still playing online, right? And Pakistan's playing offline every fucking day, like first to twenties, first to fifties, like. They ain't fucking around. Yeah, and that's, we're, that's how you should do it, man. That is the way to do it. Like I said, like with me and Filthy, like playing from seven to seven in a garage on a PSP, yeah. like you got to put in the work and you got to fix your, 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 your errors, your things that are doing your, yeah. that you're doing wrong. Having a mentor is great. Or, you know, honestly, would like did you guys see the Tekken online challenge that the most recent one the middle east um no, i know i was just watching the the one in africa yeah I way, think, explain for our viewers if yeah i think it. the country of jordan they said there's only a group of 20 dudes that really love this game we don't have great internet or whatever but we always try to meet up with each other and play all the time and bro the oh. proof is in the pudding that's all you need all you really need is about like maybe 15 20 players that are serious and yeah. that want to grind you need to grind yeah okay like so one thing one thing i know about you myk i'm a og listener of the atp podcast but mm-hmm. one thing you have championed on the on that podcast back in the day was playing multiple fighting games to get better at your main fighting game was there any of that at this time with tekken 6 or no you still hadn't explored that mentality I think when did Tekken Six come out? I think I think this is because six seven. I thought two thousand. I mean, Street Fighter Four came out like two thousand eight, right? It was like post PS3 launch, so I want to say oh seven oh eight, right? 
Yeah, so remember I think... 2007. That's probably the console, I'm guessing. Oh, so it was, so it was an arcade in 07. So I think I, I was like exploring Street Fighter 4 at the time, like because I was playing it since like launch at the arcade. Right. You're playing other fighting games. And how did that help you play Tekken or how did that help you improve at Tekken? I think uh, I think the things that you could carry over in every fighting game definitely can apply like uh, life management fundamentals like dude, just being just be a little more patient. You have like a 50 percent life lead and they're about to die. Like, just don't hang yourself, you know, like yeah. like little things like that. And then realizing how people panic in other games too and then how you you can break them apart or realizing your own faults too it's like oh shit why do i panic like this in this game or why do i you know why do i do this in this scenario you know it's just like seeing those things you could it's it's not like a direct translation to tech in every time but i think it helps open up your your mind in like other ideas and other applications of like different strategies you know like from other games too yeah, thank thank God Tekken did not have, I guess originally did not have any kind of like DP because I would have totally learned the game so wrong had there been some <laughs> bullshit like that, you know. But right, yeah, yeah. So so Street Fighter Four came out close to T six release, or was there, was there were you on SF four? Like I think like everyone I, else, I think it was like uh, I think it was like the transition period, or like Tekken Six was out already. But like I, I played Street Fighter Four at the time with it, and that's that's pretty much like how it, how it went. And then I also played like Marvel Three after that. Yeah, and I, and I was playing with uh, like James and stuff too, because he played those two D games too. Just Frame James. Just Frame James. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. So it's just so it's just like a we we're just all arcade heads, and that's the thing, right? Like if you. If you're not streaking on the Tekken cabinet, you're waiting on 30 minutes to an hour. So yeah. you might as well play something else while you have your quarter up, right? Just remember your line yeah. and turn in, your, in, in the rotation. That's about it. How far did you get in Tekken 6? Like, were you, what was your uh, first placement in Tekken 6? Oh, man. Tekken 6 was uh, good to me, too. <laughs> Tekken 6 was pretty good. How'd you do? I don't know the lore. Uh, Like, right before Tekken 6, though, like, dr like i guess the big main thing for me right before i got into six was and that was dr was still my first game six was my second because it's the next one in the line uh but dr i think near the end of my first year of playing after evo was SBO quals and it was held in norcal and basically the winner it was a 3v3 qualifiers to go to super battle opera that's what SBO stands for in japan and uh it's held at some like grand arena and that's where they hold a bunch of tournaments for a bunch of fighting games and it was kind of like like the prestigious thing other than evo at the time wow is that the one with the intros where they do like an intro for every player yep. and all that? yeah okay with the red carpet and the, <laughs> yeah. the fog machine yeah <laughs> that's and, wow that's so where, you qualified for this yeah and then that's this is the first time socal defeated the norcal back in the day without orario even so this is like yeah for (laughs) sbo falls held in norcal and you know what's the craziest thing Uh, my team was myself kane and chet and chet chetty chet chetty yeah the only wow the only other rule for this tournament was that we were we were all forced to play on stick and japanese stick only because sbo is only a japanese stick tournament so oh. 
So that was the only rule. Uh, but they did have a Korean stick cabinet there to accommodate for the Korean players when we finally got there. But we'll get into that, wow. I guess. No yeah. American pad station. But you guys nope. didn't play uh, on stick back then? I was a pad player. And Chet was a pad player for like 20 yeah. years already at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, okay. and Rip as well was also a pad player. So we were, we were, we all knew about these qualifiers. So we all started playing stick. And this is yeah. like what all started getting us playing on stick, honestly. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I ran to Chet Chetty like a, a long time ago, but he was on stick. But that's amazing. That's what, that's the story behind that. That's what made us all start playing on stick was because of these SPO qualifiers, that was the rule. You had to play on stick, you know? And it's just like, fuck. We're not gonna not try because we are forced yeah. to play on stick. It's like sure, it's How not our main you yeah. have to, to learn stick and between the time for you learning and actually playing at, at SBO. We probably had like more than three months for sure. Yeah, like yeah. maybe like five, six months, somewhere around there. That's that plenty enough. of time. No, yeah. that's plenty of time for sure. Yeah. It really yeah. took me like a year before I actually got you know comfortable on the stick. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we definitely knew about the quals. It was probably even longer that we knew. So yeah. it's like oh okay. So it's like something that, we, yeah, we, we knew about it for sure. It's like we always knew that was the rule because it was something that happened every year. And it was uh, the qualifier spots was like a, they, they gave, I think, two to America, two to Europe. And it's just like you could only go to Japan if you won the qualifiers, right? So it's like that was the only way. And then uh, we ended up taking it after being sent to losers round one of that tournament. Who was the other American team that qualified? <laughs> Uh, the other team, I think they did it differently for the uh, East Coast. The, instead of actually letting you pick your actual team that you're going with, uh, you it was they held three separate single man tournament instead. So it wasn't a three v three. So you weren't playing with your team. It was just like each person that won a tournament gets to go. And then uh-huh. Jimmy, because he wasn't, he, he didn't win in the NorCal one on the West Coast. He went yeah. there and won the first one. And then I think it was Spiro and Bloodhawk that won the other two. Wow. Mm. Okay. That's amazing so lore. This, yeah. That's like my first time meeting all those guys. Yeah. All those guys. But then that was also the first time, too. It's like, who the fuck is this MYK guy? Like, first year of playing. Like, yeah. dude. Like, and, and then we won SBO quals, and then it was crazy too because, like, in the grand final set, we, dude, oh my god, <laughs> uh, Chet went up first because he was like the worst on pad, right? Wait, is, was... this, is this in Japan, right? No, no, this is uh the grand finals in uh for the qualifiers, yeah, okay, sorry, continue. Oh, so, and it's SoCal versus NorCal, but it wasn't Jimmy and Bronson's team. I think they got, I think we knocked them out earlier in the tournament, uh, in the loser side. Like, when uh, for some reason, whenever Bronson and Jimmy team up together, they just don't work. It's just like yeah, negative synergy, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like they're so That's strong, shit to him. yeah, they're so strong on their own. But whenever they team up, they drastically go down. I don't know why, <laughs> I don't know why, but then yeah, so it was a uh, 725 Q Dog and thinking on the uh, the last oh, yeah, 3ZX, Heiachi, Yoshi, oh, Heiachi, Eddie, and. Who's the other guy? Next is the Hihachi player, right? Yeah. And Steve, 725. Yeah. 725 yeah. Steve. Yeah. So Chet went up first. He loses. And we're coming from losers, right? 
So Chet loses, and then I go up. I end up losing, but it was mad close. It was, I think it was against Q Dog. It was a scenario that I didn't know about where like where he could bait out Sonic Fang or like standing for Eddie standing for it. Something with those two moves, right? It's something with those or two like moves. Like the Punisher's horn reach or something like that, right? Something yeah. Like those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he knew and I didn't know and he got me. And then Kane was the last one on our team. And he had to reverse OCV for us to stay alive. And we're and I'm thinking we're fucking done. We're fucking <laughs> dead. But then luckily uh the the one rule with the japanese stick was that you could still use your own custom japanese stick and kane borrowed suiken's japanese stick because he said that suik and suiken always adjusted his japanese stick and stuff like uh, messed around with the springs changed a couple things here and there to make it feel different and and kane was like dude your your japanese stick actually feels the closest to my k lever and uh, kane was a kane k lever user at the time and then he was just like, dude, he got the reverse OCD with the fucking double jit. And then at the end, in the reset, Chet and myself, we closed it out. And that was it. And then I just remember calling my parents like, dude, I'm going to Japan. They were like, what? What the fuck? You're going to Japan? <laughs> dude, and that was like my first trip to Japan. Got to see Togeki, the whole stadium, all that stuff. That Okay, hold on, hold on. Hey. So how, how, old are you? how old are you at this point? I was 18. Holy okay, shit. so how? So I guess let's just take apart what you just said. How did your parents feel about you playing competitive fighting games? Oh, they were hella not supportive. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, talk about that a little bit. Uh, they were never supportive. They were just like, ah, stop wasting your time with this. There's never going to be anything with this, but I don't know. It's been fun. It's been a wild ride. <laughs> I'm so happy that eventually they at least didn't sabotage whatever you're, you're doing it because I'm happy that, you know, in the scene like that but that's amazing so you went to japan dude going, yeah. to, going to japan as like a fighting game player or anyone who's related to like any interest in japan seems like such a dream what was it like going to japan for the first time talk about the flight you know when you first landed there what did the air smell like talk about it all dude <laughs> it was a fucking dream come true like everything man everything <laughs> how long were you there for was just uh, for the we tournament? were there for two weeks. We ended up staying there for two weeks. So they the the tournament was for the flight. Everything else we had to like figure out. But luckily, right. the first week we just I think got like a hotel all together. And the second week we actually uh, went to Osaka. And then uh, there was a Tekken player at the time that Chet was close to. His name is Mirai, and he took us around. Yeah. So big shout outs to Mirai, oh, and he let us stay at his pad. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And then we got to check out like you know where. Uh, Asuka and the Tekken 5 intro where she jumps off the building with her bike. Yeah. Yeah, we got to see like all that shit too. You That's saw so the building or yeah, we got to see the right? building. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah it was cool. It was mad cool, man. And then uh That's also so cool. the 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 dopest part about going there for SBO was that we got to meet all the players from all the different parts of the world. So I got to meet Ryan Hart for the first time. I got to meet wow. Chris. I got to meet uh, Australian Tekken players. I got to meet the Koreans as well. And this is also at the time where Nin was the Tekken 5.0 champion. And then he was like super big at the time, right? And he's a Steve player. And I looked up to him, right? And I got to meet wow. Nin for the first time. I remember like playing against a bunch of legends in the arcade too, like uh, Main Street so Ryu. Sweet. 
Street. It was game. like a world tournament. It was like the world tournament. Yeah, of Dragon Ball. Exactly. Like, you're the reason why I picked Steve. Exactly. And I got to play against Nin. And you know what's the craziest part? My very first match was against Nin in a Steve mirror, and I beat him. And <laughs> I beat him, and then wow. he switched to Fang, and then he destroyed me. And I was just like, <laughs> "Well, why though? Give me the Steve, man. Give me the Steve. <laughs> Dude, Steve versus Steve. It's such a." I mean, it's you toxic. know, dude. I know <laughs> it's toxic. It's like you, you both have a punch, Perry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all you're gonna do is throw a punch. Like, uh, yeah, that makes sense why he went to Fang. Fang is one of those matches that pisses me off. Like, I, I go oh, with Josie and they go Fang. Sure. Yeah, you know, like that's what I do. <laughs> go ahead and do a low. Yeah, we're, do, we're playing rock, paper, scissors, tech now in yeah. seven for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, dude, like, oh my god, tech, like. All that stuff happening for me in the first year was honestly crazy. Like three months, I won my first local. A couple yeah. months later, I, I get fifth at Evil West. And then I didn't even say it, like during the actual Evil, I ended up getting ninth. I was just yeah. like, I was just outside of eighth. Like, so I feel like you're like the worst person to have on our podcast because we tell people that it's like a slow building up but to then, you know, results. Honestly, honestly, honestly it's the teacher. Up. It's the teacher and For fixing sure. fixing your your problems. If you just keep doing the same, like that's the thing I wanted to say too. Like during the Tekken Six era, I've seen so many new players come and go because they just you know like they do they do the same thing. For like two three years, and they're just like, man, I'm not getting better. I'm not this and that. Right. You know, it's just like it's it's hard to enjoy the game if you're not winning. But also at the same time, you got to find that balance too, right? Where you don't want to just grind, 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 and just you know yeah. burn out because burnout's okay, a so, real thing for sure. Okay, so for you, you were just hanging out at your friends in your friend's garage playing on PSP grinding. When when did you care about winning in tournament? I'm sure at this point you were just having fun. But yeah, when was the point that you were just like, "Hey, winning is really important to me." It, it mustn't. It couldn't have been at the start, right? I don't think it was ever really that important. It was. It was That's honestly amazing. I think honestly, the best mindset. Like I think later in like. uh when I started getting a rival, I think that's when I started like, man, dude, like with Sukin, like Sukin and I, we used to hate each other in Tekken. We started really? we started around the same time in Tekken 5 Dark Resurrection. And he was a he was always a lay player. And I was a Jin main at first. Then I went to Armor King. And then I went to Steve, right? After seeing Tekken Tim play him at a 3v3 tournament, I was just like, dude, the way he just weaves around everything and can duck two and like that shit just looks so yeah. cool, right? So I started playing Steve after that. And then like Sukin and I started becoming rivals, right? And, and Steve didn't have any. And then Play Dead in Tekken 5 was way faster. And it wasn't the Play Dead that we have now where he poses on the ground. It's right. the same animation as he would as like a normal knockdown face up feet towards. He yeah. wouldn't be posing, so it would be even harder to hit him. So and Steve only had down back two or down back three to hit him grounded. Down one plus two wouldn't come out fast one enough. Two didn't work. No. Oh fuck that! <laughs> it doesn't hit ground. I know it doesn't hit ground now, but I'm I'm yeah. If, if it's exactly the way a knockdown works right now, then yeah. it doesn't. That's that's so. And it was and it was four four neutral two back then too. So. Oh. Damn. Yeah, oh, and so like Sukin would just play dead into mid launch, and the launch was safe. So, and it was way faster back then. And I'm like, bro, this is so scrubby, like, bro. Sukin cock blocked me from winning 
my like the the closest I got to winning a WNF wow. was going up against Suki, and, and I I put him in losers. I was in grand finals that day. I don't know what happened that day. I don't know what, what I drank, <laughs> but for some reason I wasn't even trying to really win. I just went up there to take my friend who had never been there. Mm. He, he was gonna go off to the military, so I took him up there, and. He's like, all right, dude, I'm ready to go. I'm like, oh, I'm still in tournament. Just, you know, let me lose and then we'll, we'll head out. And I ended up making it to grand finals, winter side. And I put him in, in, in losers and I'm like, I hope Avery beats him, dude. I don't want to, I don't want to play against Suk. And I don't think he knows that yeah. I do not really know that matchup. You know, like I know how he to beat to play maybe, against a lay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like maybe I can beat Sukin, but I don't know if I can beat Sukin with lay if he's aware that I don't know enough of his character. Yeah, exactly. You know? Right. Yeah. He's going to have man. a field day. <laughs> yeah, he ended up beating Avery. So I was like, fuck, you know, and then I, and he just he found out on the reset. Like this guy does not know how to break these throws and shit. And oh, shit. I don't know what it was. It was like one of those weird reverse fucking panther oh, no. shit and there's a throw and he just kept doing it and i'm like how the fuck do you break this shit in my head right there at the end of it he he beat me with that throw and then he 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 like leans over he's like that's a two break dog i'm like i don't fucking know dude i don't even know what you're doing this character like when he gets into his stances i don't even know what to do i'm like you think my warrior was that throw like there's all this other shit that he's yeah doing. i know there's like and then the throw comes out like yep. you know like fuck like the throw is like the, the least of my worries but he just he just wanted to make it you know clear that i you got to break to a two. I'm like, whatever, man. Like, GG. You know, like, I, I was pretty salty, but I was like, okay, what, I, I need a, I need a lab lay, you know? Even when I do, it's still, like, every everyone plays yeah. lay so differently. Like, the way yeah. Yoshi players play differently. You're not going to you know? block every lay player's rave spin. No. And no. I feel like rave spin carries lay players, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I get so frustrated <laughs> at that character, but GG Susukin, dude. <laughs> so T6, so T6, you and Sukin are going at it. Uh, yeah, it was I'm like sure. it started in DR, and that's when they like really hated each other. And then like, what, what's uh, the most memorable grudge match you guys ever had? What happened? We never really had like grudge matches. We used to just or, always I'm just saying, like a match that you guys had where you were pissed off after, or he was pissed off after. Oh, every single one. Match. So was it was it you hating him because of of his character and his play style? Was that like yeah. kind of like, okay? That that, that makes what sense because you know... just wouldn't play neutral. All he did was play dead into safe yeah. mid launcher. I'm like sackish. <laughs> I'm like, bro. And then and then back turn down one is a safe launcher, two, unless you low parry it. I'm like, you are a freaking scumbag with this character. It's a play style that made you really hate him. That's that's funny, dude, because <laughs> I, I can totally like see that happening. That that character can really just piss then, you off. Dude. And then I can't hit him grounded either. And I'm just like, bro, I have to call it out with down back two, like before you go into grounded. Like, read them. Fuck reads with down back twos, you know? Yeah, wasn't down back two also a lot riskier? Yeah, 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 bro. (laughs) Did we talk about who won the SBO or the who was that? Uh, SBO, I think either Korea or Japan won that year. I think Japan might have won that year. How'd your guys' run go? Our run, uh, I mean, uh, (laughs) that's the infamous (laughs) thing about America's winning uh, the qualifier and then they go to Japan. And then they all lose round one. Yeah, that was us. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's pretty tight. Oh, if you, you know, have to go out to Japan, like yeah, that, no, that alone is a win. You yeah, know, like the tournament is extra. You got to go to Japan for two weeks, and someone's actually guiding you through. Yeah, you know, yeah. second week, Asha was tight. What was so, the most memorable thing that happened in Japan the whole time we were there before we get off that? Dude, just playing Tekken every day, the food, the culture, just like breathing all that shit in was like the best. The best, like. 
And it's just like there's no litter anywhere, and it's just like at the same time there's no trash cans anywhere either. So he's like, you get a drink at a vending machine. I'm just like, where do they dump this shit? I'm about to throw this shit on the floor, but it's just like it's so nice. I don't want to. It's just like the train system. Just like wake up, eat some bomb ass Japanese food, go play Tekken for like 12 hours, go eat some Japanese food, get drunk, go to sleep, do it again. You know, it's just like I don't know when I'm gonna go to Japan, but I know that's that's like something I have to do. You know, and and the crazy part, you could just drink in public. It's just like acceptable there. It's just like yeah it's crazy it's it's honestly so much fun like every time i've been to japan has never not been fun right that's so but it's it's a little different now i think because it's just like arcades are closing down i just saw another one the club sega the biggest one in ikebukuro closed down today i'm just like Mm. damn that sucks man that's just what are they are they replacing it with anything like you know like uh, you, you see a lot of um like places open up, like esports shit, type yeah. shit where they just have like you know a bunch of different games the way you guys have the esports arena but i've seen like they do that all over like the country yeah you know? red bull sphere and stuff like in japan yeah. are they doing well. that oh so they're doing those things i think I so. that's, well, that's, i'm that's not sure like it, right yeah that is the future but like there's something lost there for sure with not having arcades because that yeah. was that was kind of like the the specialty of going to japan back then is to play the japanese players in arcades but then it started right. changing Ever since I think Tag 2, maybe even I think it was Tag 2, because like ever since Tag 2, they let you play online in the arcade. So it's just really? like you don't even play the dude that you're you're sitting across from. You know, that was all that was a tag two thing. I thought that was a T7 thing for arcade. I think it was tag two as well. Yeah. Really? So because yeah. I, I used to watch a lot of uh tag two like videos of of green uh what's it called greenland or green arcade in korea and yeah they always played like offline yeah so like, so the, the, okay that, that was an option i heard in t7 like you, you would just play online like it, i don't think there was an was there an option to actually do that in, in for t7 I, on an arcade as well i think for t7 they made it like you have to have to be online for yeah. sure because i think yeah. i remember hearing vaguely about like one japanese arcade putting the arcade cabinets offline and then i remember hearing like good news about like damn tekken 7 never felt so good and just shit like that i think it was all because they were trying to optimize for like console or some shit you know yeah i I would think like maybe since arcades are dying like they're just not gonna they just they're trying to i guess connect all the players that are you know in arcades maybe that's one of the things that they had in mind that they just want to at least keep the scene active for as long as it can and yeah, and it's also like something they've been doing with the because the banner pass isn't just for Tekken, you know. It's like they had it for yeah. like Gundam games and the Dragon Ball <laughs> games. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, everything, everything. So it's just like I think they were just trying to like make everything unified or some shit. But it kind of gets, you know, kind of kills the whole arcade thing with that. And like yeah. Korea lost Green Arcade. Like it's happening everywhere. Like console yeah. definitely. That, that one yeah. sucked when they lost screen arcade because I, I feel like that's where that, that's that's one of the things that I used to learn tag too. I would just watch them play like crazy and just yeah. dissect the videos. I'm like Dude. singles for the Japanese videos. I would just watch I them used like, to do crazy. that since Tekken 5, man. Yeah, like, and it's so good because you get to see all this crazy shit that you don't see in like players here do. And exactly like, like it that, that sucks that it's that it's gone, but you know, everyone's made a transition to online and you know, like I feel like for uh when I watch like the, the Korean players play online, like it looks like they they still like it still look it looks good. It looks like they, they don't have like the big 
you know connection issues but i'm sure it's it's not the same you know like you don't yeah. you're not around all, all these other players like you're not mm-hmm. you know the, the guys like right across you know from the other cabinet from you that you get to at least you know like hear Definitely them like press an that's gone for sure yeah and yeah. go out and eat and like talk about the game and just like you know yeah. do stupid shit together like that was that was how like everybody yeah. Yeah, and that's like the that's that's kind of what's missing. That's definitely yeah. what's missing. And at least you got to experience it, you know. Like I didn't get yeah. to be a part of that. Like the only arcades I was a part of were uh, these arcades in, in TJ that just had fucking <laughs> you know, all the games that the Mexicans played, like fucking KOF, and Damn. You know, that's all he had. It's like it wasn't really in variety. It was just catered to those guys, and, and it wasn't really it, like it an is? arcade. You know, Damn, I used to hear about legends like that in my arcade at Super, and it's like, dude. I heard Mexicans only play KOF, and I guess it is true. Yeah, I mean, dude, I was literally like in my neighborhood, one would open up, like, oh, cool, an arcade, and it's like just, just KOF and, and PCs everywhere. Like, <laughs> there's, right. it's just all, it's all it was, you know. And mm-hmm. but I didn't really get to experience an actual arcade, like a second arcade. I, I just, you know, I, I just watched it online on YouTube. That's all the only experience I got from it. You know? Six was so good. That was like the last like real big arcade era for so- socal i felt yeah and we haven't really been the same since because like tag two yeah we had arcade but it wasn't the same in tag two yeah. like six is like when we really i think all of us that got good in six is like uh it it's still stuck around till now it's like everybody got good yeah. from six and- okay so before we get to tag two or i know you're talking about six arcade mm-hmm. but what was it like with Tekken 6 winding down? Uh, at the beginning, it was 6.0. That game was broken as shit. And I think like a year <laughs> later, like in 6.0 though, it was mostly like Eris won the first local that we ever had with Dragonov. Running 2 used to launch on normal hit. <laughs> oh, <my> God, <laughs> oh, man. And then uh, Tensai Kun, I think, won the second local with Zafina. And then, uh, yeah. So it was kind of like it, those were like the two guys that were really giving everybody problems, and then I think it might have been uh, me with my cheap ass vanilla 6.0 Bob and Kane. Yeah, so it was like, wow. Kane, yeah, Kane and myself for like the biggest portion of Tekken Six, at least locally, we were pretty dominant. I felt, yeah, in Tekken Six in SoCal, and um, yeah, Kane was a Lily player at the time. He like he kind of moved away. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he moved away from Mishima's to go to Lily, his waifu, and he hasn't left her since. And uh yeah. He's been a yeah. monster with Lily ever since. And then uh like Kane was uh definitely like my biggest tournament nemesis because like he was just so hard to beat. Like there was times I can beat him, but it was always like me and Kane grand finals. And then in the middle of like after Tekken 6 Bloodline Rebellion came out, it would be just frame james that's really started improving at that time was he playing and, law back then yeah and this is at the time where he started really taking advantage of like the cheap shit that law had in second second six br with the auto parries like you could four three for law used to jail and if you <laughs> ducked it if you ducked it off of a read on the four three he could dss he's gonna do it anyways and yeah. even if while standing 11 frame it would parry and he could get yeah wall what do you splat. do hello you, you have to do a low or you do nothing ah oh, sick <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly it was fun times 
one oh. time I came, uh, he came out to San Diego and he stayed out here for a couple of weeks and I got to play with him. And mm. all I heard was him just talking about like the, you know, the T6, you know, days of his character and everything. Cause you know, uh, he's playing, he doesn't like Lily at least. And now, now Lily's buff, but you know, like in season two and, and I think three, she was whatever, right. She wasn't that, that exciting. And he was just like, dude, back then you don't even know but back in t6 like this would do that and this was a combo and <laughs> no, it doesn't work it doesn't work i'm just saying and then he he would remember when me won that tournament with lily yeah and he yeah he, he's like you, you want to know something about that tournament and then he put it on on the tv and he just started dissecting everything you know yeah, that, that know. he was doing I with know. the character like, lily, it. lily like, is his life so it's like <laughs> he's, he's on everything Dude, and I'll just he's been them. saying that since six too he would be winning like a lot of the locals, and then at the end of the tournament, he gets his uh, prize money. After like, you know, this is all of our money, right? That we pitched into the pie, and he's just like, Lily sucks. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, he broke down everything of that tournament. I was like, all right, Kane, I, I, I never said she was good either. You know, like I don't know why, what you're trying to convince here, but just to, everyone kept saying that Lily's broken and everything just because knee played her. But I'm like, no, that's just knee, dude. Like. That's all. That's all it was. But it, it was just 6. funny. That, how Lily had sidestep one plus two, which is like a safe mid, like kind yeah. of evasive, like mid chop, right? That mm -hmm. she does, and then on the counter hit, it gave free Matterhorn. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty no, amazing. No wonder he misses safe. that. Yeah, yeah. now he's like, not stunned, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No wonder he misses that character. Hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> okay, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead, Ian. No, I was just going to mention, like, that's when this game, when T7 came out, I did not, like, look at the game at all until it was actually, like, in my hands in console. Because I did not want to get attached to my character, you know, changing from the release date to yeah, on console. Happens. So yeah, I, I just sucks. stopped looking at the game. And then I was never one of those players, like, oh, Ikazi used to have this or King used to, King used to do that. And, you know, like, I, I didn't want to be a part of that, but. That's because I didn't have a. I couldn't actually play the game, so I'm like, why even bother, right? Like, I just, <laughs> I kept away from it until I actually came out. I and... think a lot of people are too stuck on that. Yeah. Instead of playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's no reason. no reason for it. I mean, if, if they don't do that, the game's just gonna stay stale, right? Like, if they don't change characters and stuff that are just being abused, like it's not gonna be fun. Like, the, remember when JDCR and Saint were winning everything? Yeah. Like, people eventually were like. Oh, this is grand finals again. Like, it's always yeah. dragging off. It's always Jack. It's like that's why they they had to just get rid of dragging off for a while. You know, a couple a couple months. But mm -hmm. I, I think it's I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not really against it. But that's just like the era that I grew up in. Just everything. Just, you get like a, an update on on the game, and they change the meta of the game, and that's just what I'm used to. But right. Yeah. Okay. So MLK for for Tekken Six. Once that winded down, what was it like? I guess so. You. you you're feeling pretty good. How do you feel once second two Tekken Tag Two was announced? Because as someone who started in Tekken Seven, seeing Tekken Tag Two, it does not interest me at all. I don't want to play it. Um, I want nothing to do with it. It seems too complicated. But how did it feel as someone who's playing a one v one fighter like Tekken Six and started with DR to see that Tag Two was announced? What was your initial thoughts? Uh, let me clear my throat first. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I appreciate you for, for putting the podcast on your back right now. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed Tag 2, but it was definitely, like, after, like, playing it competitively for a little while, 
uh like tag two i wasn't that active like i was i was like focusing on like lifestyle yeah so what like, was the that, lifestyle what were you focusing on at the time just like school jobs stuff like that i was going to school for criminal justice but i ended up not finishing either so <laughs> don't take okay. my advice finish school guys <laughs> okay okay for sure it's never too late dude yeah it's never too late <laughs> never too late so do it was for you uh tag two was fun but then like i think playing it competitively i didn't enjoy as much even though like i felt like uh i just wanted to play it more i felt like i never got to play it enough uh in tournament because i played it at like a couple locals and like maybe ser for like a major or two and that's pretty much about it i didn't really like travel too much during tag two times because yeah. i remember back then um uh... Like coming back to the whole ATP Live podcast, like you were one of the like the you were like one of like the main members of that podcast, right? And right. I'd always see always see you. No, you I was doing only on one episode actually. Really? I thought you were always on that. No, I guess I don't know. Maybe no, it was it was mostly like I thought you were always on that. Or maybe I'm confusing you with uh with Rip's um morning bread and butter. You're always on that one, right? No, MYK, you're tripping. You yeah, were on for yeah. more than one episode of. ATV podcast. I, one. I think I might. I think it's probably two tops. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Well, either way, well, you're a part of you were you were part of the uh, the morning bread and butter. Pretty like a couple episodes, right? Like I used to always see you on that. Oh one. yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah so that's why I was surprised you didn't play the game so much because you you were kind of like the like the intel guy on on that. Yeah, on that. We, we did a we did a bunch of those. I think that's the the one game that we went into like super heavy. We almost covered all the characters. I think yeah. we had maybe 10 or less characters to cover by the end of it but we, we were just like dude it's <laughs> we've been doing this for so long dude, yeah, it's, we, it's hard but i thought i thought it was fun like i thought it was pretty cool because you guys are doing all the all the hard work you know like oh this is his punishment moves for for this character and this 13 frame and 14 frame are this and you would go through like all that stuff and then yeah, uh, Tekken yeah, Six is what started all that. Like that's when we started the whole tutorial series and all that from Tekken Six, and then we got into Tag Two, and then yeah, we we used to just film it at like a like an office building back in the day, and we we, we used to like people didn't even know like how long those episodes took to film. Like we used to go there <laughs> at like maybe seven eight p.m. and then get out by like five a.m. six a.m. What <laughs> really? Why is that? Because. You know what was fucked up about starting a tutorial series, and then we were just like, "Hey, just do down one, just do down forward two, or just do blah yeah. blah blah." It's just like, how the fuck are we gonna tell them how to do down forward two if they don't even know what down forward two means? You know, it's just like, yeah, we realized that, and then the first episode we had to do like a beginner episode, right, where we just taught notations, mechanics, like how yeah. to get up and. Like that shit took way longer than expected, and usually all the episodes took way longer than expected. So yeah, that that, that makes sense. Like I, I've, I mean, before that, like who was really making tutorials? Like were you guys like the, like the first I think, ones? I think for Tekken, we kind of were like the first ones, yeah. And then after that, like, uh, Tekken Tag Two. Luckily, we had practice mode online, so we were just like, shit, we could just do them online now. So then we started doing the morning bread and butter series and we started covering like most of the characters and then yeah. yeah we started bringing on like guest appearances too i mean we did that in six as well but uh yeah we did that just for like uh more in-depth analysis on certain other characters yeah and we just did that for a bunch of characters but yeah like uh around tag two i i just kind of stayed local and i didn't really play too much but i really wish i had because i i feel like 
I didn't get to play that game enough, and I was playing that shit. I was playing a fucking cheap ass team. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I mean, you look at players like Justin James. That dude was finding out some crazy shit in that game. I feel like you were gonna be one of those players that just knew a bunch of like weird tech, but I didn't know you were like not like really playing that game so much. But I mean, uh, I was I was doing pretty good against the the local competition and stuff, and these guys were doing pretty good elsewhere. So I'm just like, damn, yeah. I got to travel more for it. Yeah. So we fast forward now. I mean, the like, what do you do outside of um? Like, I know you do the the boomcast, but I don't really know the schedule of that thing. I'm assuming you guys just do that whenever like something pops up, right? Like something pretty interesting. Much, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much when we do it. Yeah, and part of the reason why we we even wanted to do a podcast was because um, like, I know the ATP Live that you're you're connected to that because I heard Eris once I mentioned it, that that you kind of had the idea for a podcast. Oh yeah, like, it it, it kind of started from uh. There was a website back in the day called imtekken.com, and I was just uh, like, because Gutex at the time had his own podcast for like Street Fighter, and I kind of wanted to do like something for Tekken, right? And I was just like, how come there's nothing for Tekken? So right. I I kind of just created a, a podcast series back then on on that website, imtekken.com, and then that kind of spawned into avoiding the puddle and. Uh, yeah, the first couple episodes of Void in the Puddle is actually on that website. Oh, okay. All right. So then, so you do the Boomcast now, and uh, like I feel like people just you know, a lot of people know you for doing commentary, right? You're like one of the staple like commentators, especially for <laughs> like any any uh, like SoCal event. Like, what? How did you even get into into that? Like doing commentary, like where did that even begin? Uh, I mean, I guess I kind of did stuff like locally, just here and there, just like casually and stuff. I was never really like super into the professional side of it. Right. Uh, but I remember like I did like MLG once with Rip at one of the events. So I've always kind of done events here and there, but I think it was NTR 2018, right? They originally they asked me if I wanted to commentate the top eight for that. And I was just like, well, this kind of came out of nowhere. And I don't even know how I got the opportunity. Maybe it's from yeah. the local tournaments I commentated. And then, yeah, so it was, I think Team Spooky was holding it down. And uh, yeah, they asked me to do commentary for the top eight. Uh, and then it was originally supposed to be with Markman. But then I felt a little uncomfortable because I never commentated with Markman. So I asked if it could, if I could do it with Ricky instead. And then right. Markman, yeah, I brought it up to Markman. He was cool with it. So, yeah, blessed be to Markman. He let me do it with Ricky. And then it, it, I was hella nervous the first time commentating, like, a major event like that. Because I was right. just like, Ricky, and, you know, like, the first time you're going into a commentary set, it's like, who wants to bring us in, right? And I was mm -hmm. just, and I was too nervous. I was just, like, telling Ricky, because it was held in Sacramento, and it's a, freaking like bunghole of a city right like <laughs> yeah. about Sacramento, right? everybody was talking about that all weekend too everybody that traveled from out out of state too it's just like man this area has nothing this is downtown sacramento <laughs> it is yep. absolutely nothing and then uh yeah i was just like i just wanted to start off the the set with uh welcome to the beautiful city of sacramento and just kind of like give a look to the camera <laughs> like all yeah. sarcasm and shit but i was too yeah. nervous to say that but i told ricky i wanted to say that and then ricky ends up saying the line he was just like welcome to the beautiful city of sacramento and then all i did was look into the camera and i was just like beautiful <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. i was just like okay i just need to get one word out and i'll be good 
Yeah. And that was yeah, it. Just to get going, right? That's all you need. Just yeah, I was just going. like, I just need to say something. I just need to yeah. say one word. And, Dude, that, awesome. and that was it. And then after that, the, that commentary set went really well. And then I, I guess everything else kind of just opened up after that. Like, I got to do Evil that year as well. And then, like, the whole Majin set happened that Dude, year. That yeah. was the that was year. Awesome. Like, that's one of the most memorable Evil uh, experiences that I have. Watching that, that Majin run, that whole, that, that whole night. That, that whole night was insane, but yeah, like every time I see, I see Majin in person too, he's just like, dude, thank you for the amazing commentary <laughs> that that day. I'm like, bro, thank you for the amazing dude. play, man. Like, yeah, dude. like I watched it back so many times. I'm like, holy shit, it's it, like it's so hyped. Like, like you you bring so much hype to the commentary, you know, and it, it makes yeah. it like that much more exciting. But even just that, like that whole set alone, like it's it's good enough as it is. But just having good commentators, like. I don't see, you know, any any new like, generation uh, uh, of fighting game players. Like, I don't really see anyone that's, you know, that can really like match up to you guys yet. Like, I don't really, yeah. like, I don't really see many new commentators. I don't, I don't know. Like, after you guys, you know, if you guys ever stop, like, who the hell's gonna take you guys to spots, right? Like, we don't really have many new commentators. And yeah, th- this is stuff that like we talk about all the time too. You know, it's just like it's kind of a weird spot in this day and age because it's just yeah. like you kind of have to like you could like the best part about being a commentator is still being able to play because like we still yeah. want to play too you know it's like yeah. but sometimes sometimes we have to give up the play to you know take the commentary work but it's it's also at the same time too like this day and age it's just like i don't know if it's like taboo to talk about but there's a lot of like mike vultures that don't really know the game that just try yeah. to like jump on for like i don't know for a clout or whatever but it's yeah. just like you can I tell right you, away. Too. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the thing. Yeah, that is a mute button, yeah. but you know, like <laughs> yeah. So my sucks. favorite, my favorite thing about you, MYK, is when I I listen to uh, uh, the IF the International Fight Club. Or yeah, International Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Fight Club. Yeah. So last week I was listening to it, and I was in chat. My favorite thing about you is I don't know if you ever been to a TTF. You sound like that dude at TTF who's standing behind someone's set screaming at the shit that's going on in their set you're like <laughs> ah, 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 and like they're just doing lows 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 but like one of them works and that's yeah. like who you are and when i watch like sets that you come to i fucking laugh my ass off because i'm on the edge of my seat like oh my god it, how is this allowed like your commentary <laughs> is so good it, it, it embodies offline fight, yeah yeah the fighting game <laughs> spirit and like I, yeah. I hope i could bring that onto the mind because so I, how'd you get to that? how'd uh, you get to that were you just like oh this is what it was like when i watched people offline when i played back in the day this is a lot of it a lot of it is just like i'm trying to think what i'm thinking if i'm in that player's shoes and try to put it out verbally right and the other thing is just like i was just trying to make it fun with like uh a lot of inspiration from like the the SBO commentators, like that's where the double Luigi comes from. It was double yeah. double Luigi <laughs> back in the day, right? That's the and funniest, then, stupidest shit I ever. I love double Luigi. We say that in San Diego. Yeah, we'll and it's just like, I don't even know it. how that started. It was honestly from that NCR. I was saying double Luigi. Right, and that just means double reach, and that's like a yeah. mahjong term, right? I it think just, it was Eris. I want to say it was Eris because Eris said double Luigi, but maybe it wasn't. I no, no, it was somebody in the chat. That. No, it was me oh. that said it because somebody in that chat from that tournament says like he sounds like he's saying double Luigi. I I still to this day <laughs> haven't figured out who said that in the chat, but ever since they brought that up to me, I was like, fuck it, I'll say double Luigi. I guess so good. 
yeah it's, it's been fun man like all so, that stuff. and is all that what like it the, is? is is it the offline like experience of people yelling is that what that's what part influenced of it sure. it's, it's all of it commentary. it's, it's yeah. everything man like the, yeah. the whole fighting game culture man and also like it's the fighting in culture. It's also me trying to put myself in the player's shoes. It's like, I'm internally fucking screaming right now. I have 15% yeah. left. And they have, I use my rage. They have their rage. I'm shitting pricks right now. You know, it's just yeah. like. You make you make the viewers feel like that same way. You know, like when you when you get that those two players with no health and they both have rage or Paul has, you know, the, that rage yeah. death. It's like. You can you can you can tell that everyone's getting like a little bit nervous and tense, you know, like and you guys mm-hmm. have a lot of synergy too, you know, the the, the, the team of you, Rip, uh, Sukin, and Rixo, like you guys all have like that synergy, and you can tell that like, you, you all like feed off of each other, you know, like oh, you guys all like yeah. just get in that in, in that in, in that same uh, character, <laughs> and just it's it's so fun to watch, dude. It's it's so funny to watch, man. But that's one of the things that that's that's one of the things that's kind of keeping like the Tekken scene active right now, just watching you know these ICF uh, tournaments, like. Yeah. Outside of that, like, what, what, we really wouldn't have much going on right now, right? Like, if you just wait for second news, like, what's going on? Like, nothing, right? It's just nothing. We're waiting yeah, it's on been so quiet. It's actually like, I'm like, dude, is it gonna be big? Like, why have they been? I, yeah. I don't think they've said anything since like November last year, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I think the speculation is that they had something announced with COVID and the success of Tekken yeah. 7 is let them just keep writing this. Yeah. So, I'm assuming they're gonna say something at this, uh this evil event coming yeah, up right that's what everybody's speculating yeah and are you guys like involved in doing commentary for that at all or anything like do you know anything about that i think i think rip and steve might be but i'm not sure yeah, yeah i'm not 100 percent com- uh, yeah i right. heard that's being held at the the apex like the ufc apex uh center right Joel? sure yeah yeah, I'm not sure. yeah I'm not and, sure. and uh and you're just doing volunteering t- for 10 on media right is what it is that you're just one of their commentators yeah yeah we're, we're definitely like uh commentators on their thing that's awesome okay so i guess um not to wrap it up too much but um tekken 7 what do you think for the future of tekken 7 i mean we're not going to get too much into it if you want to know what people think the real people think about tekken 7's future <laughs> listen to the boomcast the latest boomcast episode Oh yeah, yeah Paris. That, yeah, that was an amazing episode. Yeah. We we listened to a lot of what you guys thought about the yeah, future we, of Tekken. We, we, we kind of go over like a little bit of like past, present, and future. I think that was like the theme of that episode, and mm-hmm. we try to like discuss like a lot of the things about it. I mean, we we definitely missed a couple topics here and there, but I think we got a lot of good ones out of the way. Yeah, yeah. the most insightful thing you guys said was no arcade version because you guys thought that would be tone deaf. And do you guys do you feel yeah. that oh, way as well? Yeah, oh, of course, of course. Like as sad as it is, and like as as much as we talked about like how great it was in arcade dates, it's it's an era gone. You know, it's yeah, not yeah, it's, it's not era. the same time anymore. You know, it's like you can't have a thirty thousand dollar freaking arcade cabinet and hope that yeah. it works by charging people a dollar a game. You know, it's like, the way that second seven, you know made made arcades do better right like i don't i don't think no. seven was like making arcades like you know flourish or anything so yeah i i don't i don't i don't see that happening again but yeah i don't even what, what do you what do you want you want a new season or a new title like for the next announcement i want both i think i'm fine either way <laughs> honestly because it's like i kind of don't want them to rush tekken 8 release like drop it right now it just doesn't seem like a good plan right Maybe uh, once everything's back to you know normal right yeah so yeah happens, it's but... like dude like we're all kind of like in this weird like stasis like we don't know what yeah. the hell's going on yet like yeah. what's the next variant we don't know yeah. 
Check mm-hmm. out this Tekken 8 variant, though. Yeah. <laughs> we got to <laughs> like, <laughs> <eight> variant. <laughs> like, bro. Yeah. yeah, I would definitely say, like, it'd be it'd probably be a smart idea to just wait on that. But mm-hmm. and um, then maybe he... they could even do, like, uh, you know, honestly, I think Guilty Gear did a pretty good job, even though they were a little pretty fucking done with the lobby system still. Like, yeah. the way that they did the beta test, like, like, a year before, like, three of them. People tested it out and they had feedback. Like, I think Tekken can do the same kind of thing. Like, why not? Yeah. I mean, I mean, if they're so because Tekken has always been arcade test first for like a couple mm-hmm. years and then bring it out on console. And that's yeah. kind of one thing I didn't like about seven by the time we got it. It's just like, oh, they already figured everything out in Japan and Korea. Yeah. It's just do what they're doing. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time. Yeah, it's just like it, it kind of killed the discovery period for Tekken 7 for me. But overall, the game, the success, like how much it grown the scene, and yeah. like I and I actually enjoy seven as well, too. So it's just like there's a lot of things I like about it. Throws I don't like, some characters getting oaky, some characters not, whatever. You know, it's just like yeah. we, we mentioned it on one of the previous episodes that all that stuff, maybe making it like dummy the game down made it uh more accessible and you know it made it easier for a new player to actually be able to be able to play the game and not get fucked up by these things because if yeah. someone like you know had to deal with the old throw system mechanics i don't think you know i don't think they would stick around for long if they just get thrown to death you know like that's not really yeah. a thing anymore you can just mash it, like crazy and then you're good it's kind of weird right because i was thinking about it like if they took another look at the throw system again like they're they still have to consider characters like king and like you know characters like yeah. So it's just like, how do they do that? You know, it's just like yeah. it's it's a it's a tough one. I would hate to be yeah. the guy trying to balance all this shit too. Yeah, I know they have a team that does all that shit. You know, like and then yeah. they got people, they hire people for that shit. Yeah. But shout out to Mission Star. Mm. Yeah, Mission Star. But also too, like I don't know, man. Like season after season two, some of the patches have been kind of weird. Like, why the fuck is Julia's while standing four? Minus 15 to minus 12 with the same pushback. Like, what? <laughs> like, that how, was... have you, how have you felt about the um, the fact that, like, moves their uh, frame data gets adjusted every season? That, it's that, annoying. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think it sucks. As, as someone who's new to Tekken 7, it's the worst thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. Honestly, fix the hurtbox hitbox issues. Fuck the, <laughs> like, like, why are you changing, like, frame data that barely makes any sense? Like, that one doesn't right. make any sense to me. Like Julia's while standing fifteen, uh, while standing four, going from minus fifteen with that yeah. pushback, like it was hardly punishable for some characters. And it's just like, oh, Steve Dude. gets a Sonic Fang, but now I can't get anything. They like, changed Leo's while standing one or while standing four into one plus two. I think it's like a shoulder follow up. Mm-hmm. You used to be able to interrupt it with jabs. When I learned wow. how to finally do that, they got rid of that. <laughs> now you you can't. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, there's an oh, easy solution. You just yeah. jab in between. And like arc down four two one go from high mid high to mid mid like yeah, yeah well, like those those a lot of these are the same but it's like now it's the mid mid and you're ducking like that's your fault for learning the game you know correctly the first time like <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that they're doing but you know those are I, I don't know annoying. yeah, yeah those okay. are, there have been some questionable decisions I, I you know like why the fuck did it help sweet track why the you know like why is yeah. all this stuff happening. <laughs> 
ever since after season two, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, they know? had like homie houses for like a couple weeks, and everyone just went on. That's on, why. Like, on Twitter and- <laughs> that's why I'm worried about Tekken Eight coming out too soon. Just put that shit in the yeah. for a little bit longer. Oh, yeah. Like, what are we gonna have next, right? Like, are they gonna keep Screw after Low Perry? Are we gonna have Double Screw, or are we gonna have freaking? I don't like- know. I hope Low Perry isn't <laughs> as rewarding as I it think- is now. Yeah, not to get. <laughs> Not to get too much into that stuff, but um, uh, so I guess are there any fighting games that you're playing right now other than Tekken? Uh, the three main games I'm playing right now is Tekken, Guilty Gear Strive, and Dragon Ball. But Dragon Ball I haven't played that much of the new patch, just like a couple times. But yeah, Guilty Gear and Tekken mostly. Who are you meaning Guilty Gear? Nagori Yuki. Oh, okay. How how are you how, how do you like Guilty Gear as a Tekken fan? How do you frame it as a Tekken? Uh, it's pretty explosive, but then also, you know, I think Tekken has desensitized me to a bunch of shit, you know? People are just like, <laughs> oh my god, this game does so much damage, you just explode. I'm like, have you exploded in Tekken, though? Have you? <laughs> like, <laughs> you explode so fast in Tekken, too, you know? <laughs> right now, yeah, right. They, they, everything is like 60%. It's two inter- Tekken's two interactions per game, no burst. Yeah. Dude, like, Geese hits you with a with punish standing, too, with, like, a meter. GG's. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you're at the wall, dude, so good luck. 40% health. Okay. Jesus. So before we send you home, one thing we, we have to ask, as a San Diego Tekken podcast, is there any San Diego memories that you have as going down to San Diego? And that's the last question we have. Oh, I love San Diego, man. I go to down to San Diego all the time. Just like it's a beautiful city. Uh, it used to be so much cooler back in T5 days. But then, you know, big shout outs to Cody. Do you remember? Too. Oh, hell yeah, Cody. Fast hands, Cody. Yeah, for sure. Like TTF yeah. holding it down, tank top Fridays with the boy. I, I that's our dad. Like, that's our dad. Yeah, I've been there like a couple times back in the day too. Like, I've been there for Tekken Six. Yeah, I think Tekken Six when it first came out on console, and I think Tekken Five days too. Yeah, I haven't been there in a minute. Or maybe it was after. That's awesome. Maybe once in Tag Two. I forget. You used to mention you guys used to always come down like for those games before. Yeah, we did. That's we did. Sick. Awesome. Okay. I mean, I guess we don't. I mean, we don't want to. I feel like we've already robbed you of uh, two hours. Ah, no, it's all good. We can't keep going, but dude, MYK, you're the best. Yeah, man, no problem. Best, it's always most conversation I've had. Yeah, dude. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for supporting the podcast, dude. And always, yeah. guys, one tip I could give anybody just listening is just like go back on tech and lore, dude. Like, just like whatever region you're you're in or like some videos that you guys can share together like it could be like Tekken 4 combo videos or some shit or like a tournament video or some shit but that, that shit's always so good there's so much good shit back then you know it's just like like there's so much stuff man yeah Rick does a good job at, at streaming that he, he does a lot of those where he just goes back and watches old matches and stuff oh yeah for sure and then like ricky goes from like he you know a lot of na and like japan japan and korea stuff but like maybe there's dude there's like rich history everywhere to like even eu and stuff like i've been finding more about their players and stuff and the history yeah. and like going over there and playing those guys too it's just like you know what's crazy like sometimes you might not even speak the same language with the guy yeah. that you're playing against, but man, yeah. you guys could all speak Tekken to each other. That's the yeah. that's the craziest part. <laughs> okay, why well, not this? If you could suggest us uh, another guest that we will beg uh, to come on our show, like we begged you, who would you suggest <laughs> that we beg to come on the show? I want to beg uh, Spirogen. That's the one guy. But if, oh, Spirogen, yeah, yeah, uh, cool. I, I want to ask Spirogen to come on. But who would you suggest that we bring on in the future? Mm. 
We won't include this part of the podcast. Damn. <laughs> That's a hard one. Maybe like Sukin, Rip, NYC Fab, even. Oh, okay, NYC. That's a good one. Okay. Or like even sure. Reno or Bloodhawk would be cool too. Yeah. Okay, awesome. All right. Thank you so much, NYK, for coming on the podcast, dude. Yeah, we're on for way too long. The best. <laughs> we owe you. We definitely owe you big time. Yeah, no worries, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. I'll give you a big thank you, man. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, man. Big kiss on the lips. All right, thank oh, you so yeah. much, <laughs> The big homie smooch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first got it when he was six, didn't know any tricks. Matter of fact, first time he got on it, he slipped, landed on his hip and busted his lip. For a week, he had to talk with a list like this. Now we can end the story right here, but Shorty didn't quit. It was something in the air. Yeah, he said it was something so appealing. He couldn't fight the feeling, something about it. He knew he couldn't doubt it, couldn't understand it. Branded since the first kick flip, he landed. Uh, labeled a misfit, a bandit. His neighbors couldn't stand it, so he was banished to the park. Started in the morning, one stopped after dark. Yeah, when they said it's getting late in here. So I'm sorry, young man, there's no skating here. And so we kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, coast. And away he rolled, just a rebel to the world with no place to go. And so we kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, coast. So come escape with me, just a rebel looking for a place to be. So let's kick and push and coast. My man got a little older, became a better roller. Yeah, no helmet, hell bent on killing himself, is what his mama said. But he was feeling himself, got a little more swag in his style. Met his girlfriend, she was clapping in the crowd. Love is what what was happening to him now. Uh, he said I would marry you, but I'm engaged to these aerials and varials, and I don't think this board is strong enough to carry two. She said, "Bow, I weigh 120 pounds." Now, let me make one thing clear: I don't need to ride yours. I got my right. So she took him to a spot he didn't know about Some modern apartment parking lot She said, I don't normally take dates in here Security came and said, I'm sorry, there's no skating here And so they kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, coast And the way they roll, just lovers intertwine with no place to go And so they kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, kick, push, coast so come escape with me, just a rebel, looking for a place to be. So let's kick, uh, uh, and push.